officially finished. You guys, I have a really exciting finished object to talk about this week. Um, I finished the little pullover, fingering weight pullover that I have been working on. Um, I think you guys have probably heard about it in three episodes now. Um, but I was knitting that out of the yarn that I dyed from the Craftsy class that I reviewed with Sarah Eyre from Cephalopod Yarns. So this is yarn that I dyed using one of her recipes from the class. The Craftsy class is called Professional Yarn Dyeing at Home. And um, at the end of the class, she gives you a bunch of recipes. And I have dyed now two of those recipes and been very, very, very happy with the results of both. So this was um, a colorway called Purple Soldier Fly. It used her veil technique for dyeing, so kind of layer the colors on, and I used Deep Magenta, Royal Purple, and Purple Pop as my three colors, and I ended up with a just gorgeous purple variegated color, um, and I had two skeins of fingering weight yarn, so I was looking for a pattern and hadn't really found anything that I that exactly fitted what I wanted to do, so I kind of improvised a little bit. I used the gauge and cast on from um, a sweater that I knew that I liked. Um, I made it a boat neck top-down raglan. Along the raglans, I did cables, which is kind of a cute little effect, although I'm not sure it stands out as much as I thought that, I, that it would, but it was some interest while I was knitting it at least. And um, it's very, very fitted. So I knit until I was basically just about out of yarn. And then, um, and then I, I was knitting in the round. I only did uh, waist decreases. I did not do any increases. So it really, it does not have much ease, which is what I wanted. I wanted it to kind of fit like a, a really comfy t-shirt. Um, and at the bottom, I did a split hem. So, and it's asymmetrical. So like the front hem is shorter than the back hem that the front I did about two inches of ribbing and then um, bound off and then on the back it's about four inches of ribbing so I'm very very happy with how it turned out I have to say the yarn that I dyed um, is I buy most of the undyed yarn from wool to dye for and this was their platinum sock base and it's very nice it blocks up really nice and soft so it's a beautiful base um, and I was really excited about the results that I got in terms of the yarn and the dyeing um, when I went to do the sleeves, I used the second skein of yarn, and I honestly could not tell a difference between dye lots. As I get towards the bottom, it looks like maybe I had one of the um, the little segments, like I was choking the yarn just a little, so there's little flecks of white, um, and that's mostly in the bottom section. But overall, I am pretty proud of myself for how this turned out and it's super cute. There is one little adjustment I'll go back and make on the sweater. I feel like when I bound off the bottom, in the front in particular, the bind off is a little tight and it makes the sweater a little bit funny at the bottom. I don't know, pulls in a little bit, I guess. Um, it's not enough to keep me from wearing it and at some point I'll pull it out and um, fix it and do something different, maybe use a bigger needle size or something. I do have just a smidgen of the yarn left so if I wanna do some adjustments, I can totally do that. But that's been my main project for the last three and a half weeks, and I'm thrilled with the result. And so that's been a really fun thing to work on. And I did put pictures on Instagram, um, and there will be pictures in the show notes if you guys are interested in taking them. Actually working. So now that that sweater is done, I have um, 
quite a few other things going on my needles. I have some things that I'm working on towards my stash dash goals. So I'm almost finished with my peeping cowl. I have um, one more section of cables and one more section of stripes to go. So my hope is that that's only a couple days. Oh, and then I guess the ribbing at the end. Um, and my hope is that that's only a couple days of knitting and I would love to wrap that one up pretty quickly here this week. So that one is coming along beautifully. This is also with yarn that I dyed. I did a brilliant blue, a Caribbean blue, chartreuse, and silver gray, kind of a dark silver gray. And I really, I'm really loving the way that the colors work together. The very last section of stripes I did was a section that was the, the gray and the two blues and they are so pretty together. So I um, imagine that I'm going to get a lot of wear out of this. I'm very, very excited about that particular piece. Right, the second ones on my noodles are um, a pair of socks for my husband. And so they are um, in a self-striping that I dyed last summer. This is a BFL. And I just took like every every color blue that I had <laughs> and, and dyed these up. So I have... Um, one sock done and I'm I'm about halfway down the leg of the other sock and they're turning out great. Uh, this was when I was kind of fiddling around with using mason jars to dunk the se different sections of the self-striping in. So one of the things that I think is going to be interesting is I think as I did it the dye exhausted a little and so the second sock um, I think the colors will be lighter but it's cute. It's a cute effect and I think it's going to look really good. So those are on the needles. The other thing that I'm working on, um, I am working on another beaded project, and I have some funny stories about that, but I'm going to save that for the section with the review because it's out of the, um, the book that I'm reviewing. Another major project that I'm trying to uh, get my mojo back on is the Austin hoodie. So this is, I believe it's an interweave pattern, but it's, but, but it's by Connie Changchinchino. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. And this is a fingering weight um, hoodie. It's a cardigan. Um, it's open in the front. And I am knitting this out of um, Madeline Tosh Tosh Mo Light. So it is a single fingering weight yarn with some mohair in it. And the colorway that I have is uh, Scratched Record. This is one of the very first purchases that I made for the Magnolia Sweater, Magnolia Society Sweater Club. And it's been on the needles for a while, and it's just kind of been hibernating. But I really feel like, first of all, the color, right? Because gray is definitely the neutral that I gravitate towards. And then the weight of it, just a fingering weight um, hoodie cardigan. I feel like this, if I could get this done, um, I would be in really good shape in terms of a, a wardrobe staple. I think I'm wearing it all the time. So uh, that's coming along. I have picked it back up and um, I'm basically at the point where I am dealing with the waist shaping um, and it's knit from the bottom up um, in a single piece so should be a really enjoyable knit there is a little bit of change in texture when you get to the shoulders and the hood and things like that so I'm very excited about this piece I'm hoping to really kind of crank it out this is one of my stash dash goals because obviously it would be a lot of yardage a fingering weight hoodie is a lot of yarn, um, and I think I'm about two skeins into the the five skeins that the sweater takes. So those are the things that are on my stashed. I have just one yarn acquisition to talk about this time, you guys. Um, I did get my May shipment of the Magnolia Society Sweater Club from Madeline Tosh, and um, this one was a brand new to me fingering weight base 
So they have a new, I think it's a new base called Eco Sock. Um, and the color that I picked was called Charred. And I have to say the color in the picture looked to me, I would describe it as grello, right? Gray with yellow, yellowy brown kind of thing. I was expecting a gray with um, segments of a, a gold kind of color. Um, and the yarn when it arrived, it's a beautiful brown. So not what I was expecting, but still an absolutely gorgeous color. Um, and I'm pretty excited about that. I have quite a number of fingering weight sweater quantities, so I really need to um, get my button gear and try to knit a couple of those up. I have some plans for several of the sweater quantities. I have not yet figured out what this one is going to grow up to be, so it's probably going to hibernate for a little while um, in my stash, and, and we'll see what comes next. The next thing that I'm expecting from them, my July shipment, is Cosmic Silver, and that's going to be on a DK base. And it is a silver with rainbow speckles, and I cannot wait to get it. So that one, I'm sure, will fly immediately onto my needles to be something uh, to be determined. But I can't, I can't wait for that one. So those are my updates in terms of my stash. Actually attending. Um, I wanted to give you guys an update really quickly about Knitnosh. So I have been working hard on uh, working through the details for the next Knitnosh. And uh, registration may be open by the time the episode goes live. I still have a couple of last-minute details to work out. But check out uh, knitnosh.com and follow there if you're interested in updates. That is the best place to get them. Um, I'm hoping to get all four of our great sponsors, um, actually five great sponsors, back for this next round. Um, I've heard from one, and I'm reaching out to the rest this week. So now that I have dates, we can start to kind of pull that together. I am targeting Saturday, September the 17th for the next Knit Nosh. So a couple of changes from last time. My goal is to do fingering weight yarns this time because I think that'll be fun given the date of the event. Um, I also think fingering weight yarns tend to be more consistent. So I think we'll be able to do some things with finding you guys patterns to use your um, samples with. And that way maybe you could actually knit like a project while you're um, at the event instead of just knitting swatches. So that should be fun. We are gonna be at a different location this time. Um, the name, this is a brand new location. We will be the first um, first event in the venue. And I'm really excited about this, you guys, because um, those of you who've listened for a while, Samples World Bistro is where I did the first Knit Nosh. And they have um, an amazing mission there. They are partnered with a group called Sample Support, Samples Supports. Um, and they, their mission is to help um, disabled individuals find meaningful work in the community. And so at Samples, they have um, staff members who are disabled. This new event center that they are opening in Arvada, Colorado, is going to actually add 150 jobs for disabled individuals, which I think is just tremendous. And to be the first event in there, um, is really exciting for me and uh, the partnership with Samples over the past year while I've been planning both of these events has been tremendous. So it's just a lot of, it's a lot of fun and it really makes me happy that, um, that we could do something as cool and as fun as Nitnosh and then sort of indirectly give back to the community um, in that way by supporting a business that, that does so much for the community. So the new venue will be larger. Um, it is 
designed for events. So um, they're actually converting a playhouse in Arvada, Colorado. The name is still being determined. So I'll get you guys the name as soon as uh, they've decided on it. But it will be um, it will be an event center and also an art gallery. So when we are there in September, there will be an art show. This will be mainly based on their clients. So the individuals in the community that they support through sample supports will have their art on display in the venue, which is awesome. Um, and the way that it's set up, um, there's a stage. The stage will still be there. So the vendors will be up on the stage, which will leave quite a bit more room than last time for getting around and checking out the yarn and all of those things. And I am just super excited about the whole thing. So the other big announcement that I have, because I know a lot of you guys were so supportive last time, but live too far away to um, come to Nitnash is I think I'm going to do kits this time. So I'm talking to the vendors. We're trying to work through the details. I'm working through pricing and all of that. But watch this space. Watch the website for sure um, because we are thinking about doing kits, which would include um, various quantities of the yarns that are available and then some of the goodies, the wine glasses, the project bags, like that kind of thing. And so I'm looking at doing different sizes. Um, some that would just be the samples, some that would be like the what I'm calling the I want it all size, right? Where you get lots of yarn and lots of things. And um, anyways, it should be super fun. So uh, I will keep you guys posted here on the podcast. And knitnosh.com is always the best place to get updates for that. Um, there is a newsletter. So if you go to knitnosh.com right now, you can sign up for the newsletter and I will keep you posted um, as that comes together and as we get the kits sorted out. Okay, guys, next up, I have a review. So this week, I will be reviewing Knockout Knits by Laura Nelkin. This is a book that is a couple years old. It was published in 2014 um, by Pottercraft, which is a division of Crown Publishing. Um, but I thought this book was great. So Pottercraft uh, provided me with a copy to review and I'm really excited about this book. This book retails for uh, $22.99 in the US and $26.99 in Canada. Um, and it's a really cool book from a technique perspective. Um, there's a couple things about it that I thought were really interesting. So the title of the book is New Tricks for Scarves, Hats, Jewelry, and Other Accessories. And it's broken down into three sections. So section one is about wrap stitches. Section two is about lace, and section three is about beads. And I am very intrigued with beads, so that was um, something that I was really excited about. And I'm going to tell you guys a dorky story in a minute. But um, I wanted to just talk a little bit about the different sections of the book. So one of the things that's really cool, and I am definitely – well, this is a different one um, – definitely going to play around with is that she talks about wrapped stitches. Um and so that's not a technique that I have played with particularly much, um, but it talks about how wrap stitches can create elongated stitches and you can crisscross them to give kind of a kind of a cabled effect, um, which is really interesting. But one of the neat things that she does in the book is in each of the um, sections, so there's three sections, there's a little like cuff, like a little bracelet. And so it's 
they're all very cute. They're not, you know, like throwaway projects kind of thing, but it gives you an opportunity to really test the techniques that she's doing. So in this one, she's got a wave cuff. Um, and then there are some mitts. The mitts are super cute, really darling fingerless mitts. Um, and then there's a hat, um, like a cloche hat for a woman. And then a, a hat that's called the Laxo hat, um, which could be um, really any adult size hat. She's got it modeled on a man and it's a really nice, I guess maybe it's kind of a faux cable because it's these wrap stitches. And then there are some boot toppers and a shawl. So really some great variety in terms of the types of projects. Um, there's also a pair of socks that are really lovely. I was looking to see if she said what the yarn was because the yarn is really pretty. Oh, Madeline Tosh sock and grenadine. How funny I have that. I have that yarn in my stash. Um, and then there's a cowl. The cowl is where you really start to get into that, that elongated stitch look. And it's really very pretty. This would be a really nice cowl. It's called the Crux Cowl. Um, and it would be a really nice um, multi-season um, cowl because it is very airy with lots of drop stitches. Um, and so then there's a section on lace. I will tell you guys that lace um, still intimidates me a bit. Uh, she starts with a great section here in terms of how to do yarn overs different directions. So um, knit yarn over knit versus knit yarn over purl. Uh, reading charts, which is great because I screwed up the chart on just the simplest thing of these the other day. Instead of reading back and forth, I was reading from the right-hand side every time, and I messed, I messed up, made a whole mess. Um, more about that later. There's a section on lifelines, and I think lifelines are something that I really um, am interested in playing around with and trying out. So again, here she starts in with a little cuff. This one's called the Gateway Cuff. It's super cute. Um, it uses just 20 yards of lace weight yarn. I have some really pretty lace weight yarn in my stash. So I think that this is something that I will definitely um, play around with after my trip. Um, there's a really pretty cowl that she uses a variegated yarn. I'm going to say it's Huego. J-U-E-G-O. I'm not sure that I'm pronouncing that right, but it's really pretty. Um, there's a shawlette, which is also quite cute. Um, and then she's got a hooded scarf. It's, it's cute. It's got like a tassel. I don't think this is something I would knit, but it's a cute concept. It's this cute little hooded scarf with a, with a tassel at the back. Um, and then there's a shrug, which looks kind of like a shawl to me, but then it, it has sleeves. And so it's very cute. That could be a really nice, um, cover up kind of a, a thing in, um, warm weather. And then there's a hat that is also quite cute. So the lace section, lots of really nice patterns, honestly. Um, and really, like I said, starting from very, very simple so that you could get your confidence up and then moving on to more complex projects, which is fun. So the next section is what got me really excited. This is called Beaded Beauties. And she does a whole section on beading. And so you guys know that my, my only other beaded project has ever been that dangling conversation shawl that I made for my mom for Mother's Day. And I really enjoyed it. I was really pleased with the end result. Um, I was happy that the, uh, the beading was not nearly as difficult as I thought it was going to be. In this book, she talks about two different ways to bead things. Placing the bead, let me make sure I'm saying it right, 
placing the bead right versus um, flipping a bead. And so um, what I had done in that first project was placing a bead. And placing a bead is when you actually slip the bead over the stitch. And so I had used super floss and actually I had used a Laura Nelkin video on YouTube. So if you're interested in videos on this technique, definitely check out Laura Nelkin. I'll try to find that video I used and put it in the show notes. Um, but you string the beads onto a piece of super floss, dental floss, which has um, a stiff plasticky piece at the end and then a little poof, like a little puffy piece. And then it's kind of regular dental floss down to the end. So you can put a knot in the end and string all your beads onto it and you do it that way. When you're placing, when you're slipping a bead, she wanted you to um, put the beads on the yarn. So you slide, you use that same technique with the super floss, but you have to pre-string the beads onto the yarn. And I am such an idiot, right? So I was like, I don't understand how, for some reason I had it in my head that I had to then have the beads at the end of the yarn, not the starting end, but like the ending end. <laughs> I'm such a dork. So I, I was doing this little cuff. So there's this cute little cuff called the bulb cuff and necklace. And I had a little bit of leftover gray um, fingering weight yarn and some, I bought some pretty beads at Michael's and I thought, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to try this. It says advanced beginner. So I've been knitting for 10 years. So you would think that I would be able to handle this, but apparently less, less able to handle this than I thought. So, um, I, it calls for 12 yards of yarn. So I kind of like measured out like with my wingspan, like what I thought was about 12 or 15 yards of yarn. And then I knit them and I slipped the beads on to like the far end of it. <laughs> and I balled it back up. I was like, this is difficult. If you were doing a whole shawl, like how would you do this? I don't understand. And then I don't even know what it was. It might have been that I was listening to another podcast and somebody was talking about beading. And I was like, oh, you just set them on the start of your beading. <laughs> and then you slide them down as you go. So as you're going and you pull out your working yarn, you've got this long section of working yarn that has all of your beads on it and you would just slide it away from you so that you had unbeaded. Such a dork, you guys, like such a dork. Um, so that was also the um, pattern that I guess I, I don't even know what I was trying to do. Maybe I was trying to work from the chart. I guess I was trying to work from the chart. I was trying to work from the chart and I completely did it wrong. I mean, this is the simplest. If you guys could see, I'll put a picture in the show notes of this simple little itty bitty cuff thing that I'm trying to do. And I think what I was doing, I think I was reading the chart right to left and then left to right. But I think I was forgetting to switch the knits and pearls. So then I was just ending up with like a mess. I was like, well, I don't know if this is weird looking. Mine doesn't look pretty like hers because I'm an idiot. <laughs> So I had to rip the whole thing out with the beads um, and start over. The good news is once you pay attention to your knitting, um, it really is turning out quite cute. So this is just a little cuff. I did switch. So that's something nice about the book is she has charts and then she has written instructions. And apparently I only have brain space these days for knitted for written instructions. So um, following the written instructions, it's turning out quite cute. Very, very adorable little piece and it is building my confidence in terms of beads in this particular little bitty thing you do 
flip some of the beads and place some of the beads. So you get to kind of play with both of those techniques. I think I prefer placing the beads to slipping the beads. Um, but I do like the effect that it gives. The, the bead definitely sits um, differently in relationship to the yarn, if that makes sense, if it's placed versus slipped. So that was, um, that is fun. It is not finished, um, but hopefully it will be soon. I mean, it's just a quick little thing. It's just not super portable um, because of the beads. So that's something I'm playing with. She also has a gorgeous, so that one in the book, there's a cuff and a necklace, so you could do both. Um, she has another necklace called the Hibisco necklace. So just really cute. Again, I can see from this that some of them are placed versus slipped. And then really nice in-depth pictures of um, how to place beads the way she wants them on the bind off. And this one uses two different sizes of beads, which is also kind of an interesting effect. There's a really cute set of fingerless mitts that are cabled and beaded. So those would make a lovely gift for somebody. They're fingering weight size. They're called the cha-ching mitts. And then there's a hat that goes with them. Those are the project that's on the very front page of the book. And it's really cute. Um, and then towards the back, let me just skip ahead a little bit here. There are a couple of really, really gorgeous projects. So she has this thing that she calls the laden phobius. So it's a... Um, a faux Mobius cowl or Phobius, she says. So it starts with a provisional cast on and then there's reversible cables and then you can knit it with beads. So like really super fun, like interesting project. And when you use the beads, it's really pretty. Lots of beads right up next to each other. So it's like three, four and five beads in a row in certain sections and then kind of like nestled inside the cables. So this is one I think I would really... Um, really, really enjoy. The way that they're wearing it is not so much as a cowl, I would say, in the photos. It's like down around their shoulders, and I don't know that I would wear it like that, but I could see wearing it as a cowl and kind of wrapping it around. Super, super pretty. Um, and then my favorite in the whole book was the very last project in the book, which is called the Reversible Undulating Waves Scarf. So this is a scarf knit with fingering weight yarn um it uses 648 size six glass beads and 540 size eight glass beads so lots of beads but it's so pretty you guys and again it's the the stitch pattern has these cute little waves to it and then the beads are just kind of nestled right in there and it's so striking it's really pretty very dressy little piece with all these beads on it so this is going to be um, a stretch goal for me. I'm going to, I have a lot of beautiful single skeins of fingering weight yarn. It only uses 300 yards of yarn, just uses eight gajillion beads. And it's on a size five needle too. So it actually would be kind of a really fun, fun knit, I think. Um, so that's definitely in my queue of things that I want to um, try out. This, this will be a real challenge for me. So hopefully... Uh, great content for the podcast for you guys. So anyways, this is Knockout Knits by Laura Nelkin, published by Pottercraft, and it is $22.99 US, $26.99 Canadian. I highly recommend it if you are looking to stretch yourself to some new techniques. A lot of fun stuff in there.
So you guys, the summer superlatives knit along is in full swing. And I wanted to spend a little time and talk about how that's going and where you can um, give some love to our sponsors. So there are threads open in the Ravelry group for um, best use of stash, best yarn acquisition, best knitting on the road, best in class. If you guys have ideas as we go along this summer, let me know and let's add some more for fun. But um, the other way to enter your finished object products would be projects would be just to tag them. Um, with the hashtag uh, KAP Summer Cow, and um, you can do that on Instagram. I'll be drawing a couple of Instagram winners as well. Uh, the threads will stay open until September the 1st, so any knitting is eligible, anything you work on all summer long. Um, it would be finished objects that go in the thread, but they can be things that have been on your needles for as long as you want. This is not a start and finish. There's really no restrictions at all just to have a little fun and show you guys a little bit of love with some great sponsor prizes um, for being fans of the podcast. So um, without further ado, I want to talk you guys through the prizes that I have um, from some amazing sponsors. The first thing that I have are some patterns. Um, Yumi Yarns, Shayna is a listener of the podcast and she has offered some of her patterns to winners of the cow. Jen Sheelan, who has a video podcast that you guys should definitely go check out. Jen um, is a longtime listener of the podcast and has offered up a copy of her New Horizons cowl, um, which is a new pattern of hers and it's a beautiful um, cow pattern. You guys should definitely check that one out as well. There is a special thread um, for winners using sponsor products. So don't forget that to you guys show these guys some love for um, the fact that they are being so generous for all of us. Um, I have a skein of Kramer Yarns Belfast. That is the um, cotton bamboo silk acrylic blend that I knit my mom's Mother's Day shawl in. Um, really nice cotton yarn for a summer project. Um, so I have one skein of that. Um, I have a set of four fix-a-stitch tools. So these are really cool tools, you guys, that um, they look, they're about the size of a darning needle, maybe a little bit longer, with a crochet hook on each end for picking up drop stitches, particularly great for picking up drop stitches in garter stitch, which is something that I struggled with myself a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm still working on my spectrum shawl. They dropped a stitch in garter and it was kind of a nightmare to pick back up. So these are a really cool tool um, and they have generously offered a set for a winner of the cow. The next thing that I'm super excited about and I had been hoping to review for you guys is the Portside Dop Kit from Sprout Patterns. So Sprout Patterns is a new venture by the folks that do Spoonflower. Spoonflower is a company, if you're not familiar, they will print fabric for you. So you can put together any uh, design that you want and they will print it on fabric. They also have a library of thousands of fabric designs that you can order. You can order wrapping paper and wallpaper and fabric on all sorts of different fabric so it's really cool but their new venture is Sprout Patterns which is um, a service where you can pick a pattern and a fabric they print the pieces on the piece of fabric and it comes to you ready to be cut so they send you all the instructions but instead of having to print and then cut out or tape and then cut out a pattern and then pin that on the fabric and then cut it out again the fabric comes with the piece is already printed on it. And I was hoping to have my dop kit done so I could review it for you guys, and I just have not had time to sew. Um, but look for a review from me very soon on that. It's really cool. So um, a port side dop kit in the choice of your fabric, which will be really neat. 
Manosteel Uruguay has um, offered up a skein of their Manos Marina yarn in the colorway of your choice. Uh, that is their lace weight yarn, and so that'll be really nice again for a summer project. Um, Kramer Yarns has also offered up two skeins of their Tatney Tweed DK in the color of your choice. Dale Garn Yarn has a brand new yarn coming out in July, and that will um, be called Eco Baby Wool, and they are offering up two skeins of that yarn as well, so that's exciting, something that's not even in market yet. Melanie from Knit Stitch Yarns is a local yarn dyer. She's in Littleton, Colorado, and she will be launching mini skein sets in July, and she has offered up two of those for winners of the Cal, so that's very exciting. She also has offered up a coupon code for all of you guys, um, and that is 10% uh, off any order over $25, and the code is KNITACT10. So check her out. Please send her some love and use that coupon. Nitty Kitty Bags, um, Wendy's a listener of the show and has offered a bag of your choice from her Etsy store, so please go check her out. Um, she's got gorgeous bags, and that was very generous of her. Um, Annie Pearl's Homemade Goods, that's another great Etsy store from one of our listeners, and um, Annie has offered up a Zippy Project bag. She's going to make one up special with some cute fabric that has um, vintage bathing suits for the winter, which is a great summer theme. So um, please go check her out and give her some love as well. Um, and then Briggs and Little has offered up two skeins of any of their bases in the color of your choice. Um, so lots of great stuff to win you guys. And like I said, this is it's like the world's easiest knit along, right? We're just going to have some fun and enjoy the summer and enjoy our knitting. So I hope that you go and give the sponsors some love. And thank you for everything that you do listening to the podcast and being so 